you can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, your host of the Something Scary podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you are a return visitor, thank you for daring to drop in. It's now our favorite month, and to celebrate, we have prepared lots of spine-chilling surprises. Joining us from all over the Spookyverse, we'll have special guests writing and narrating new horror stories for you. And before we get into our stories, we have some early Halloween treats to share. We've been working on launching our spooky shop. That's right. We're creating some of the most awesome Something Scary merch based on feedback we've gotten from all of you. And we think you are going to love it. The spooky shop will launch on October 31st, but we wanted to offer a sneak peek you can find the link under our show description or on youtube.com snarled. Halloween season is officially upon us. The leaves are beginning to drop, the air is crisp, and as the nights get colder, we can see our breath in the dark. It's tempting to get in the spooky spirit watching horror movies with friends and even lighting a few candles to see what paranormal entities you can conjure. But don't be fooled by what you think is just fun and games because there are evil spirits all around us, and they're just waiting for you to play with dark magic. Or accidentally open a portal so they can come to our realm and wreak deadly havoc on our lives. First, the choice to live or die, followed by a walking nightmare. Then, the real horror of Burkittsville. Finally, in our featured story, long-awaited revenge. So, wanna hear something scary? Sacrificial Lambs. Sometimes you don't believe a spooky tale unless it's something you can see for yourself. And by that time, it's too late. Like in this story based on an urban legend written by our very own Caitlin Riley co-host of Snarl's Scaredy Chat podcast. Everyone in our Connecticut hometown knew about Dudleytown. Rumor has it, 
the abandoned settlement was cursed, thanks to the settler Edmund Dudley's interest in dark magic and human sacrifice. Somehow, though, my friend Sam convinced me to spend the night exploring Dudley Town. He was always teasing me for being such a rule follower. I just wanted him to shut up. I wasn't sure I believed the rumors about the curse of Dudley Town, but I did believe the sign on the outside of the fence that read, all trespassers will be punished. Sam, of course, couldn't care less. For Sam, the more dangerous an adventure and the more it scared me, the better. He was practically giddy as we climbed over the fence, flashlights in hand. Do you know why Dudley Town is cursed? Sam asked me in a low, spooky voice. I shook my head no, even though I knew full well that Sam was about to launch into a story meant to terrify me. One summer, the children of Dudley Town began disappearing, Sam told me as we pushed onward through the forest. The heartbroken parents thought it was a wild animal feasting on their young ones. At least that's how they looked when they discovered their mangled corpses in the woods. I gulped, trying to swallow my fear as Sam continued. Then one night, a young man made a horrible discovery. One of the townspeople found town leader Dudley in the woods, sacrificing one of the supposedly missing children in a blood ritual to the devil. <laughs> Come on, I laughed nervously. A blood ritual to the devil? You're trying to scare me. But Sam insisted. That's not even the scariest part of the story. The people of Dudley Town decided to punish their former leader in the most brutal way they could think of, by leaving him at the bottom of an empty well to die, Sam continued. Dudley hollered for days on end, never sleeping, only screaming that the townsfolk would be punished for what they had done. Then, on the fifth day, the screaming stopped. But that's when the real trouble began for Dudley Town. Somehow, the water supply smelled of rotting meat. Children were snatched in the middle of the night, never to be seen again. Soon, the townsfolk began going mad, one by one, claiming that they could still hear Dudley's screams. Enough, Sam, I snapped. Let's just get this night over with. Sam laughed, knowing his story had gotten under my skin, but I didn't care. Our current setting was creepy enough. After all, Dudley Town, or whatever was left of it, was deadly quiet. There wasn't even a hum of mosquitoes or chirping of crickets. The lack of sound unsettled me more than the foreboding darkness all around or the abandoned structures now overrun with ivy and moss. All I could hear was the sound of my footsteps and Sam's 10 feet in front of me. After a while, I decided to speak up. Sam, maybe we should turn back, I said as we walked deeper and deeper into the town. It doesn't feel safe to be out here so late, but Sam didn't answer me. Typical. He was never going to listen to a scaredy cat like me when it came to one of his adventures. I let out an exasperated sigh when suddenly, I heard Sam stop in his tracks. He frantically looked around with his flashlight. Hello? Sam called out. Something had spooked him, 
but I couldn't see or hear anything. What's going on? I asked, confused. Then, in a terrified whisper, Sam turned to me. You really don't hear that screaming? I shook my head, no. Sam, are you messing with me? Sam turned back towards me, and that's when I registered just how scared he looked. Someone is out here with us, he said. We have to find them. Sam took off running into the woods, following a sound I couldn't hear. I screamed at him to slow down, but he wouldn't. I followed Sam's flashlight and the sound of Sam's footsteps as he raced ahead of me, until I couldn't anymore. I screamed Sam's name over and over, but it was like he disappeared into the darkness of Dudley Town. I walked for hours, hoping I would find some sign of Sam. I wondered if something happened to him or if the curse of Dudley Town was real. Did Sam really go insane, just like the other townsfolk did? Hours later, I gave up searching for Sam. I mustered all of my bravery to walk home through the supposedly haunted town alone when, suddenly, the ground gave up underneath me. I found myself plummeting through the earth until I hit the wet dirt ground below. It took me a moment to realize where I was. I had found myself in the very same well Dudley was left to die in. I called out for help, but deep down, I knew no help would come. That's why I was so surprised to hear footsteps above me. I shined my flashlight up to see who was staring down at me in the well. It was Sam. Thank God, I exclaimed. I was looking all over for you. Can you find something to pull me up? But Sam didn't look happy to see me. I'm sorry, Sam said with an unreadable expression on his face. He gave me a choice. He said it had to be one of us. A chill came over my body as I realized what Sam meant. That was three days ago. I know I don't have much time left, and all I can do now is scream and hope someone else is stupid enough to walk into Dudley Town like I was. Maybe then I can ask Dudley to make a trade. Would you sacrifice your friend to save yourself? Has anyone ever done that to you? Have you ever heard of Dudley Town or some other mysterious abandoned place? If so, tell us your story by sending us an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Bedtime can be the most relaxing part of the day. And if you're lucky enough to get a full night's rest, you will likely feel on top of the world. But what happens when that feeling of bliss is snatched away? Find out in this story written by Janine Pipe and presenting our featured narrator, paranormal investigator, Brittany Crabb. I'd never had trouble sleeping. Quite the opposite, in fact. I used to enjoy my bedtime ritual. A nice bath, slipping into the sheets, feeling clean, and reading by lamplight until my eyes began to droop. I was also lucky to rarely suffer from nightmares. Sure, every once in a while, if I was feeling unwell or nervous about a test, but never regularly. And on the occasion I did, it was more often I was naked in public than the boogeyman was chasing me. My imagination was fine. I just wasn't one of those people who mistook the pile of clothes on the chair for a monster or thought the streetlight outside the window was a UFO. Which is why I am absolutely certain that what I am about to tell you actually did happen. It wasn't a special night, not quite Halloween or Friday the 13th, just a normal, if stormy, Tuesday evening in October. I was alone, but again, that wasn't unusual since both my parents worked at the hospital and were on double shifts. Nothing was on my mind. No upcoming assignments or sporting events. I'd done my homework, had a bath, and slipped into clean, cozy pajamas. The wind had picked up, so I closed my window but could still hear the pitter-patter of rain. I read until the words started to blur. I flipped off the lamp, and I'm not sure how long I had been asleep. Feeling disoriented, the first thing I checked was the alarm clock, making sure I hadn't somehow overslept. But it was flashing 12 o'clock over and over, which meant the power had been knocked out. I was about to reach over and grab my cell when something caught my eye in the darkness. A spot by the wardrobe was too solid. It should have been just air, but something was there darker than the night. And that something was moving. Despite not suffering from night terrors, I knew a thing or two about fright and a human's natural reaction 
fight, flight, or in my case, freeze. Yes, I finally understood what the term frozen in fear felt like. Still, the something edged towards me, and then I saw it. It's face. If you could call it that, I'm not certain it had the full criteria, but it was the semblance of a visage. It appeared as though there was some sort of hole for a mouth and two orbs where eyes should be. I don't know whether it was the shock, some Jedi-type mind force, or if invisible hands were at work. But suddenly, I felt my mouth open very wide, my jaw almost at the point of unhinging. And although it was incredibly painful, I could not close it again. Not only was I unable to run away or even flick on a light, I was also no longer in control of my own body. Then I felt the pull. It was like taking a really deep breath But instead of my lungs filling, the air kept being taken. A thin trail of mist seemed to be originating from my mouth, leading over to the shadow person, like the trail from an airplane. Then something was making a horrendous sound each time my lungs spewed out more of the mist. And even though what was happening was impossible, and that terrible being should not have existed in our world. I understood what it was doing. It was sucking out my soul and I was completely helpless. I honestly don't know what would have happened if there wasn't a bang from downstairs. The jostle of the front door being opened and my mom shushing my dad, loudly whispering for him to be quiet and not to wake me. The hall light turned on, illuminating my room, just the tiniest bit through the crack in the doorframe. As footsteps began trudging up the stairs, the thing in my room must have sensed defeat and vanished, breaking its hold on me too. I took in a deep breath, moved my jaw and screamed. I've never been able to explain it, what it was, where it came from, why my room was the only one affected by the power cut, how much of that essence I had left in me before it had stolen my entire soul, because I am always waiting for it to come back and finish what it started. Now every single bedtime is a nightmare. Do you suffer from insomnia? What kind of terrible nightmares plague your thoughts? How do you get yourself back to sleep? You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Some legends never die, and some are so infamous people can't help but explore for the truth themselves. 
Find out if the lore of the Blair Witch is real in this story I wrote just for you. I grew up in Roarsville, Maryland, just five miles northeast of Burkittsville, the quiet little town at the center of the Blair Witch legend. The horror movie, The Blair Witch Project, came out when I was 16 and I was obsessed. My friend Cassie and I would go to the 7.30 and 10 p.m. showings every weekend. Afterwards, we'd head to the Denny's across the road from the theater and discuss our theories. My mom would remind me every time I'd come home and tell her again about the movie that it was just that, a movie. But it felt so real. There had to be something out there. Some reason the story needed to be told. One night, shortly after she got home, Cassie called me with the news. She had just read in a forum that a teenage boy had gone missing in the Black Hills forest earlier that week. And Cassie, well, she had a plan. Her cousin lived in Burkittsville and needed Cassie to cat sit the following weekend. She wanted me to join, and then together we could explore the woods for clues. I wish I had never agreed to go. I wish I had talked Cassie out of it. Cassie was a year older than me and had a car. She picked me up that Friday and we drove the quick 10 minutes to her cousin's house. At her cousin's, we lay out a map and planned our route. He lived just across Highway 14 in a small subdivision less than a mile east of the woods. There was a short ditch that cut under the highway. Then it was just a quick walk across the Socorro Station campground and a hop across Sturge's Road to get to the tree line. Nervous and giddy, grasping our flashlights for dear life. We agreed to move in a straight line and only be out for an hour, tops. Cassie brought a huge spool of yellow ribbon to mark along our route. I brought a disposable camera to document anything we found. The sound of traffic from the highway served as our anchor. After a good 45 minutes of trudging over shrubs and fallen logs, we decided it was time to head back. Neither of us wanted to admit it, but we were scared. Out in those woods, the darkness swallows you. Our flashlights barely cleared three feet. We followed the marks on the trees, but something didn't feel right. It was taking too long. I'll never forget the sound of Cassie's voice as the reality of our situation set in. She was scared. How could this happen? She asked, holding back tears. I couldn't find any words. I was scared too. We started to try and retrace our steps, to follow the marks back and see if we could realign our route. But somehow we just seemed to be pulled deeper until we saw it, about 10 yards in front of us, glowing from the shine of our flashlights, wedged into the side of the tree a hunting knife. Cassie saw it first. She froze in place. Her hands shook. She tried to speak, but not a single sound could make it out. A single twig cracked in the darkness beyond us. My stomach flipped. Cassie began to cry. I swept my flashlight along the trees, but it was hopeless. It, it must be a deer or something, I whimpered. Cassie nodded, desperate to believe anything, just to calm down. I put my hand on her shoulder to gently urge her to turn around. We need to turn around, I pleaded. After a moment, Cassie took a breath and nodded. We turned together. Waiting in front of us, tree after tree, in every direction we looked, 
had a strip of yellow ribbon tied around it. The wind fell silent. There were no cars in the distance, no light from the campground. It's just a deer. A man's voice behind us, low, gruff, and menacing. Cassie's tears streamed down her face. You dropped this a while ago. The man groaned at us. Cassie couldn't move. I turned. Behind us, barely visible in the dark of the woods, stood a man. He was tall, 6'5 or so, with a burlap sack pulled tight over his face. Two small black eye holes punched through the mask stared through us. In one hand, he held Cassie's spool of yellow ribbon. In the other, the hunting knife. It glinted in the light of my flashlight. Cassie, I whispered. We didn't care which direction, we just ran. Low branches slashed across my face. I tore through thick bramble and stumbled across logs, somehow managing to remain upright as I sprinted through the pitch black woods. I threw my flashlight. Its only purpose was to draw attention to me. My legs burned. My lungs felt like they would explode. I could barely see through the sweat and blood as the viscous mix rained into my eyes. My heart slammed like a cannon blast in my chest. I gnashed my teeth and plowed forward. Finally, a clearing came into sight. I burst through the tree line and dashed across a wide open field. Moonlight flooded the area. A sense of hope cascaded over me. The light, the open space. We were safe. My legs quivered, but I carried on as deep into the field as I could until my knees gave in. I tumbled into the grass and for a moment, caught my breath in the moonlight. Cassie screamed. Her voice was distant, somewhere beyond those trees, in the deep darkness. I scanned the tree line until I spotted Cassie's flashlight slicing through the dark. Cassie! I shouted. Cassie, I'm here! I watched Cassie's light swing in my direction. Closer. Closer. Then, she was gone. The light blinked off. A brief, muffled shriek reverberated across the field. And then, silence. I swallowed my screams and rushed to my feet. No idea where to turn, my heart punching through my ribs. A car horn blared in the distance behind me. I ran. The following weeks were a blur. I managed to find a campground where a family helped me to safety, to a ranger's office, and eventually home. Local authorities searched for Cassie, but after months never found anything not even the yellow ribbons tied to the trees. No suspects were ever named, but every few years, someone else goes missing in those woods. It's been 23 years now. Every time I drive past those woods, my heart sinks. Maybe there isn't a witch, but he is still there, hunting. How many of those missing people were taken by him? No matter which story you believe, it isn't safe to go into the woods of Burkittsville at night. Would you be brave enough to search for the Blair Witch? Well, I was, and I filmed the whole experience. If you wanna see how terrifying Burkittsville and the surrounding woods are, check out my new video premiering on the Something Scary YouTube channel. Go subscribe so you don't miss all our new content dropping this month.
In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of a malicious spirit called the Dybbuk, which is now animated over on our YouTube channel. And while you're there, check out some of our new content premiering this October. Shira stared up at the large house, wondering how she lucked out finding a gorgeous room so quickly. It was so quiet, too. After getting her master's in journalism, she had been offered a position at the San Francisco Chronicle. Upon arriving in the new city, she answered an ad for a room to rent from an elderly couple named the Housers. They seemed nice enough, if not lonely, and offered her the room straight away. They were quiet and kept to themselves. They didn't mention having children. Although Shira noticed a photo of them with a young girl in the hallway. Mrs. Hauser was like every doting grandmother, but Mr. Hauser had a dark sadness within him. Shira simply avoided the grumpy old man. Three months into her new routine, Shira came home from work exhausted. The Hausers invited her to take a load off and sit down to have dinner with them. After some blessings, wine, and food, she headed off to her room feeling full and relaxed. However, as soon as she entered her room, she doubled over in pain. A pounding headache had set in, assuming it was from a long day of work and too much caffeine. She headed to bed. As she closed her eyes, her head began to throb even harder. She chugged the water beside her bed for hydration, but she seemed to be sweating it out faster than she could drink. Her ears were ringing and her eyes began to tear. What was happening? Trying not to panic, she stumbled her way into the bathroom and splashed cold water on her face. When she stood up to look in the mirror, a glaze fell over her eyes. Shira had always received compliments about her bright blue eyes. But in the reflection, they were dark brown and dilated. She leaned in to get a closer look, mere inches away from the mirror, and then it happened. A ripple in her face, as if something was crawling just under her skin. She stood in shock as another ripple resurfaced. It caused a wave underneath her flesh to reveal another young woman's face over hers, kind of like an overlay on an app or a photo. It was only for a moment, but she saw it very clearly. It was the same face as a young girl in the photo with the Housers. Shira cried out, trembling, but the image cleared and it was just Shira standing there. What the hell was that? Her mind must have been playing tricks on her. Immediately, her headache was completely gone. After a few deep breaths and chalking it up to her fatigue, she went to bed for a restful sleep. The next morning, with her eyes closed and still in bed, she began to hear chatter. It sounded like Mr. and Mrs. Hauser, but younger, as if their past versions of themselves were talking. Shira began to stir. The voices got louder and closer. What did you do? She's not breathing. You killed her. Miss Hauser was crying. Help me hide her. 
Mr. Hauser ordered. Miss Hauser was weeping. My sweet girl, my poor sweet girl. Shira was confused. Their voices sounded close by. As she sat up to inspect, she felt four hands on her body, ripping out of bed. She fell to the ground and screamed only to awaken and find herself alone on the floor, shaking. It had felt too real to be a nightmare, more like a vision from the past. Frightened, she ran downstairs and burst through the Hauser's bedroom. They tried to calm her down as she unloaded everything that had just happened in the past few hours. Mr. Hauser shot a look at his wife, warning her to stay silent. Taking deep breaths, Shira focused at a spot on the wall. She noticed a black and white photo of the same young woman she believed was their daughter. She looked sad, vacant. Terror shot through Shira as she remembered seeing the woman's face in the mirror. Shira turned to confront the Hausers, but she was muted. Her lips were moving as if she was shouting, but it was not Shira talking. Her hands were in fists as she headed toward Mr. Hauser. Shira tried to stop her movements, but she had no control over her limbs, as if something had overridden her body. Through the pummeling of fists, the wheeling of anything she could get her hands on, and the violence, Shira passed out. Shira awoke later, not knowing if minutes or hours had passed. While on the floor, she felt tugging on her skin, something trying to get out. It pulled away from her body, leaving her light and back in control of herself. Curled on the floor, she looked up to see a shadow before it disappeared. Slowly, Shira began to rise, and the horror of the room lay bare. A brutal murder scene. Mr. Hauser had been beaten so badly, he was unrecognizable. The entire room, including Shira and Miss Hauser, was covered in flesh and rage. Miss Hauser wept in the corner, looking at the photo and speaking to the young lady in it. I'm so sorry, sweet girl. I'm so sorry. The image began to change. The woman, who once appeared lifeless, desolate in the picture, now had a peaceful smile upon her face. Her retribution was now complete. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>
The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.